Hey y'all, welcome to The Hue. Hue represents true color, and we're here to illuminate the true stories of the inspiring folks we encounter along the way. I'm your host, Jessica, and today's guests are Brent Jackson and Katherine Nelson. I met Katherine when she was a designer for a hospitality firm. She was a client of mine, and I've had so much fun watching her grow as now a business owner. She has Katherine Nelson interior design, and through that, I saw on her feed this exciting project she's been doing with Brent Jackson of Oaxaca Interest, who is the developer for Haciendas Dallas. And Haciendas Dallas is a development project in West Dallas looking to redefine urban living. You can follow their progress on Instagram, Dallas Haciendas, or on their website, DallasHaciendas.com. So Brent and Catherine, welcome to The Hue. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for being here today. And we're here, we're here to talk about redefining urban living in West Dallas through this Dallas Hacienda project. And I want to first define, though, what tell us about West Dallas. And we're going to talk about you, too, but let's first define this, this um, title. What, tell me about West Dallas. And why are we there, this project? I'll start. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, um, just with the, the real estate uh, mindset uh, being tied to location and proximity of of jobs, um, being near um, uh, the North Oak Cliff uh, housing uh, and, and what we call rooftops um, that have been established for for such a long time, you know, adjacency to downtown and uptown, and believe it or not, West Dallas, if you get in your car, is probably a 10 to 15 minute drive during rush hour to uptown. Um, I frequently, because I've got some, some partners and associates in this complex here, I frequently drive from West Dallas to here, and as I said, in rush hour, it's, it's probably closer to the 15-minute mark, but uh, so proximity to jobs, to industry is an important component of West Dallas. Balancing that with the history of West Dallas is, I think, important for us, and if you look at the Hacienda design, it's meant to both fit into the existing fabric that's there um, so that we don't visually displace and then uh, hopefully from a buyer pool we, we also don't socioeconomically displace um, the folks that are already there. The, the neighborhood that's there is rich. I grew up going to Mexico several times a year. In fact, Quasi uh, had some, some growing up in, in Mexico. My mother lived in Mexico for 10 years. You named your business... Named my business Oaxaca, consequently. This was through travels, I'm guessing. That's right, and her living in in Oaxaca. Um, So uh, I I feel, when I I drive around West Dallas, I feel and see beautiful homes already there. Yeah, it's Um, a different, it's almost a different culture, too. It is. Yeah. Um, You know, my wife and I, and and sometimes the kids, will you know, we'll go on a weekend into the neighborhood, and... uh, and we'll go watch a soccer game uh, across the field from where Haciendas will be, um, or we'll go, you know, play in the parks, um, or we'll, you know, there'll be kids running around the street. But you know, it's just it's 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 quite fun and enjoyable. I, I think there's a little bit of a misnomer um, that I've heard that that I'd like to dispel. Um, West Dallas is not the epitome of abject poverty. Um, there's a rich dynamic, culturally rich dynamic um, 
neighborhood and, or collection of neighborhoods there that yeah from a pure monetary standpoint there there you know there are there are certainly other places in Dallas that have more financially mm-hmm. um, but I would argue financially financially <laughs> but I would argue that yeah the flip side of that is that culturally they're as rich as any other neighborhood in the, in the city and so we we want to be respectful of that and balance that and I think you see that in our design so for our listeners, you know, we have, so Brent is from, is a developer from Oaxaca Interests, and Catherine is, is a designer who I've actually worked with before. So she's on her own now doing some residential and commercial design. And you guys have worked together before. Yes. So this isn't your first time. Nope. Doing, not your first rodeo. Not your first rodeo. <laughs> and you worked together and you thought, oh, we work well together. Is that kind of how this came back together? Brent reached out to me and I go, how'd you find me? He's like, well, we work together. <laughs> I go, okay. <laughs> I'm off on my own now. So, no, it's been great. We worked on Sylvan 30 together when I was with Paul Jason Partners. And um, we actually visited a couple weeks back to look at some existing furniture inventory for the upcoming model furnishings package. And we're going to reuse some of their office. Really cool tanker-style desks for that. And I walked in and just the whole complex was just completely overgrown and lush and beautiful. And it's just so neat to see it years later and just how great it still looked. It looked even better than what I had expected. So. And so that's the original band, right? It's right. Like Flato yeah. and is it the same landscape architect? And Hawker, yep. And Hawker, okay. And that place looks, that that's incredible space. Thank you. I love that development. It is just such a breath of fresh air and there's so many cool spaces to go to in there. Did, um, so Lake Flato, they are the, are they someone you can partner with often? I, lo- I have a, I love that Lake Flato. They are just the coolest. Are they kind of a go-to for you? They are. I felt strongly about the ability of landscaping to set the tone for a place and what the place should call for, and to the extent of that it would actually influence any interior uh, motives or thoughts. So we did that uh, with Haciendas. We started really with the, the landscape and, the, and the, again, the, fa- the existing community and what, you know, what fauna and vegetation and trees. And what is there? Like- um, oh, God. You know, it's, it's a lot of native Texas species, mm-hmm. as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, things that sort of grew up, you know, a lot of volunteer plants that came from birds flying overhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's sort of, uh, you know, you have the red flame asanthus, you have agave, you've got uh, prickly pear, spineless prickly pear. Um, um, you've got a lot of, just a lot of Texas natives. Uh, you've, got, you've got a beautiful, beautiful uh, church that's next to the first four haciendas. Uh, the, the architecture's simple and beautiful and wonderful. Cool. And the trees next to it are... Mesquite trees. Mesquite. And they're these oh, old, old mesquite trees, just giant, giant trunks. Gnarly. And, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's great. And how many haciendas are there for, that you've started with? Currently, we own 85 lots. 85. Um, but we're only under construction for the first four. And we, wow. we're, we're really using this first four to understand what the market wants and, and, uh, and again, balancing what's healthy for the existing neighborhood, okay. uh, but also making sure that we're providing something that's still aesthetically pleasing to a new home buyer. Um, and, and the two can absolutely match, and we think that they are in this in this project. Um, the other thing that's really important that we're finding and uh, that we were fortunate enough to, to have a, a consultant join us prior to COVID-19 is uh, a gentleman named Jesse Arder, and Jesse's our environmental 
and wellness consultant. On the website, that was really cool. So he's been very instrumental prior to COVID. Okay. Helping us create and be constantly mindful of ventilation, mm-hmm. uh, healthy living. Uh, of course, the you know making sure there's no VOC and certain chemicals uh, for pregnant uh, ladies, but also just the the reminder of this marriage between again indoor and outdoor living. Mm-hmm and consequently how that plays out now post-COVID mm-hmm. and ventilation and really, you know, and, and having spacing in, you know, in gatherings that, um, you know, certain, that, that this would allow for gatherings that would allow for, you know, still have the, the spacing of six feet, you know, whatever you want to have. In. From a design standpoint, how, what, what research did you do? I mean, I know you had to speak with the team and understand what this development was, but what kind of what research went into your work, Catherine, before um, you got started? I think it all began with Brent sending me over the whole kind of branding <laughs> yeah. and kind of style package that Slant Media put together for him to really come up with their marketing kind okay. of plan. So really respecting that, seeing the renderings and 3D models from like Flato and Hawker and just thinking about just what the intent was and what what their story was. So being respectful to that, obviously, you know, being respectful to price point. um, With all four, we kind of talked about with Brent was doing a little independent design kind of style for each. So we've got one that's mostly matte black plumbing fixtures and cabinet hardware. Each island is its own independent accent color with, you know, white shaker cabinets for the rest of the kitchen. white and stainless steel, satin gold, and everything's kind of got a retro, classic, timeless, but modern vibe. So we're trying to be really respectful so it's not going to outdate itself too soon. And it's just going to be something like the Meadows Building. It's just, it's just a, a great design. It's and never going to be anything but cool and hip. So Exactly. Yeah, The I've really, thanks to you and me following you, I've really enjoyed following the project, the Dallas Haciendas, and I was just immediately intrigued by it. Just in looking at it, you can just tell there's something there. It feel you can feel something from it, and like some developments just feel like buildings. Mm-hmm. And oh, there's another building in Dallas, and there's another building in Bishop Arts, and this felt like I felt a sense of community from it, even just from the Instagram account. As simple as that may sound, but how did you do that? So that's important when you're putting you're creating a new space in a place, like you said, has so much history and rich culture. What research went into that with the, the local community? Yeah, I think, I think that's, um, that's a good question. Um, the, the first part of that is being genuine to, to, to what the community is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that just means spending time, you know, spending time there, spending time talking to the, to the neighbors. Um, and not doing it with the sort of standard developer hat of, hey, I need to get your vote to try and rezone something, you know, but genuinely, you know, again, going to a park or you know, what, what have you, seeing them at a grocery store or whatever, yeah. um, that helped a lot. Um, and I think understanding the community helped us shape the scale. Uh, I mean, the buildings that are around us also, but, but the people almost more so than the buildings around us helped us shape it because it helped us understand why they have those buildings mm-hmm. that they live in and why those buildings are their homes and not a house. Yeah, why a hacienda? Why a hacienda? Um, and, and so that's been a big part of it. And then the second part of it is, is the messaging and telling the story. And um, I think 
it's a lot easier to tell a story when you're genuine on the front end of the process, and so that was fruitful. Um, but it also helps to have good storytellers, and and we've we've worked with uh, Slant uh, on this project as well as um, uh, Giant Noise, uh, okay. and they've been both have been instrumental in helping us tell the story. Um, story is everything. It, it, it really it they they it was amazing. Uh, you know, we we get pitched in our line of work probably the same by 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 folks that are trying to market your stuff mm-hmm. and. And uh, when I saw Slant's prototype they were going to send to me for what the story was, I just, I mean, me, I said, these, these girls are special. Yeah. Um, and they, they are. They're all, it's an all-female company, which is all, I think is also awesome. Um, but anyways, that's, that's, part of, that's been part of the process. Um, and the third piece is a little bit iterative, you know, just making sure that, you know, when you're making adjustments on the fly, that you're being mindful of the first two pieces of the puzzle. I've lived next door to new construction, and it's it is disruptive, um, and it's it's can be your home is your oasis, it's your safe place, it's where you go at the end of the day, it's where you're with your family, and where all of the some of the best memories are made. How do you keep from disrupting the community while also, and you are helping the community and building something beautiful for the community, but how do you strike that balance? As a recommendation to my fellow developers, I would I would say what's been helpful to me is um, to to drown out the noise of the rabble-rousers because there are some folks that will come in and invariably paint you with a brush of just another developer Mm -hmm. and and try to drown out that noise if you know in your heart of hearts that you're not. The second thing is, is again, time, Mm -hmm. being on the site. Uh, I go by the site at at least uh, five times a week, Um, and if I can get by there every day, great. And I make it a point that one of those five times is on a weekend. Different situation on the weekends. Different situation on the weekends. And more times than not, you'll have the family, the full family there. If it's during the week, I try to go after working hours. Uh, it's, and that's a lot easier to do in the summertime, you know, and you can still see the kids out playing in the front yards and things of that sort, just so the parents can see me there. Exactly. And know that I care about this. Um, and... Um, and if it's me, if it, it doesn't have to be me, but I, I like for it to be me. Um, and so that, that's been uh, helpful to, to, to show that. And, and, and you'll have moments that, that appear that, uh, that are beautiful because of it. You know, I had a, a guy that's across the street that had a, his car wouldn't start, and we bump started it, and I'd never met the guy, and, you know, just said thank you. And from there on out, every time we see each other, we say hi, and, yeah. you know, just neighborly stuff. Friendships made. Yeah. And you become one of the neighbors, too, yeah. as a builder and as a designer. So you have four, and you're going to kind of see how this see how this is received, and then the intentions are you might have to make some modifications based on how this goes. But tell me again the number of how many haciendas were. Eighty five lots uh, in West 85. Dallas, um, but we do have plans to grow outside of West Dallas with the hacienda project. With the hacienda okay, that's exciting. And one thing I did want to make sure we touched on was accessible price point. So I, what does that mean? And are the haciendas in, in which it feels like they are, but are they intended for existing residents to the neighborhood? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, so where we go, there are often uh, apartments yeah. in the area. And so the goal is to allow for some of the folks in the apartments to basically, for nominal increase uh, on a monthly payment, sure. basically go from being a renter to an owner. 
That's amazing. And uh, so that 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 tends to now if interest rates start to go up, uh, then you know, then that math starts to, to change a little bit. But assuming interest rates stay where where we think they'll stay, that'll that'll allow for that okay. opportunity. From a design perspective, what challenges did you have, Catherine, to create these four different but similar haciendas? really know that there were too many design challenges. It was really just making sure to communicate with the team and be aware of, you know, possibly something. I think there was only one challenge, which was the plumber decided which roof and valves plumbing, he wanted right? to put in. <laughs> so it was a quick revision for, yeah. oh, it has to be the Delta Transit collection. That's cool. It goes with everything. It has all the right finishes. <laughs> Boom. We dodged a bullet with that one. But it's been really, you know, pretty great moving forward and when did you break ground when did you guys break ground well we um when we truly started getting going on on the on the construction was uh in january uh tail end of january and you'll be finished yeah we we should be finished in in the next few weeks okay yeah and do we have homeowners lined up we we have homeowners that are are begging to see the first uh, <laughs> home staged, okay. and, uh, and and that's not uh, a timing issue with the designer uh, to my left. Uh, that is a timing issue with uh, some of our interior finishes. And COVID hasn't really slowed all of this down. Does it seem like? Not not this price point. Uh, yeah. You know, I think when you start getting up closer to the sort of. 800, 750 and above, I think you're starting to see some slowdown from what I hear, but, you know, we'll certainly be below 750, um, um, so, I, yeah, we're still seeing quite a bit of interest. Okay, good. So, I think also, one thing I always, I like to touch on, and I speak with people about projects, is it's not always about the project, and we've talked about this a little bit with the community that you're working in, it's about people, but we want to hear about you too, both of you. So, like, in terms of your background and, and how that's shaped what you're doing, because this is, a, in my eyes, a passion project. So, how has who you are and your background shaped this for you and in doing this project? We'll start with either of you. I guess I would just say just the excitement of knowing, having worked with Brent and Lake Plato and Hawker through PDP, um, my previous employer doing Sylvan 30, it was being more involved on the construction side, whereas before I was just on the FF&E side, doing furniture and finishes. Um, so this has been exciting because I've kind of been, you know, walking the job site with them and hard hats and seeing it all from the ground up, which is really kind of helped mold me and change how I want to focus my company to be more on the renovation and green and, you know, sustainable. We're trying to salvage materials on other projects and donate and, you know, try to just make sure we're not contributing to a bigger construction waste and just destructive industry. You know, yeah. We should be doing something that's going to stand the test of time and do it thoughtfully and ethically and hire small businesses and private companies and support other people that are trying to put food on the table for their families. Um, I did find out recently, I didn't know Brent and I both went to Lamplighter, which is our lower <laughs> school. It was so cool. We probably dodged each other like a week or there two speaking to students last fall. Um, so yeah, but I think, you know, just, it's just been a really good, you know, just heart project just to, to be involved in something that's and you, so good. You were even saying earlier that, 
you were working with the you know with the client like on the on the lender side, mm-hmm. even helping them. So your business is really. I'm Catherine. kind of yeah. I think my psychology background is really showing a lot because <laughs> yeah. I actually talked a client out of working with me last month until finances on his end got a little better. More organized, yeah. And he, he laughed and he said, you know, the comps in your neighborhood. I had my real estate friend pull a 360 on your neighborhood. He was like, I worked for Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. I was like, I'm sorry, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, actually, thank you. You kind of talked me into pushing pause on this renovation until times get a little bit better and so but that's awesome that you're seeing the cohesive picture yeah because I think design and build is like such a personal industry and you know your clients is really taking a chance on you and they're putting a lot of money and time and but that speaks to your experience that you're able to see that Mm -hmm. cohesive picture and so still learning a lot (laughs) we all are yeah but I mean we can also learn from each other and we do have you know young designers who are going to listen in so we, I'm seeing some designers who are going out on their own that have maybe lost jobs during COVID. So what would be maybe some simple advice to them in terms of learning some of that knowledge, um, gaining some of that knowledge? Never stop learning. I think, yeah. I know we're all a little exhausted with Zoom and virtual meetings okay. right now. We're dying to get out. Um, I know the job site has been kind of my escape, which has been nice. So mask up and bring your hard hat and go out. But Be a part of the process. And, exactly. And just... just ask questions and there's no there's no wrong questions and dumb answers like just just learn so I think that's what's good I think the industry you always if you're a part of ASID or any professional organizations you have to maintain your certain number of continuing education credit hours so go above and beyond and constantly learn because it, it could come in helpful somewhere where you never know and I noticed you even did I think you spoke on um, Dallas Morning News last year. You did something. Oh, I did. Good Morning Texas. <laughs> Good Morning Texas. That's <laughs> yeah. what it was. And that was fun. But I, w- I want to encourage everyone to follow you because you're doing a good job you. with your Instagram. And I'm learning about, I feel like, a lot of development in Dallas and our community through the design work that you're doing. So good job. The Hue is brought to you by Folio. Located in the iconic Meadows Building in Dallas, Texas, Folio is a boutique rep agency which seeks to connect interior designers with creative resources. We would love to connect with you in real life. Please visit our website to set up an appointment, folioco.com, and follow us on Instagram at folioco. So let's talk about you and your background and how it shaped this this amazing, you know, passion project. Yeah, painting, sculpting at UT. Um, you know, I, I started off as an accounting major at UT. There you go. And, and uh, quickly switched. <laughs> Didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I think it was it was just a case where the, the best gift my dad gave me was to. Um, was to make me pay for college, and, yes. and so in doing so, I said, "Well, if I'm paying for it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not do accounting, uh, and I'll I'll go back and get my MBA later." But what's really neat to see in light of today's uh, well-needed uh, magnifying glass on the social issues that are that are hopefully changing. Um, you're seeing the younger minds understanding the power of, of the eye and, and therefore design mm-hmm. and appreciation for design. And more than they, they used to. More than they used mm-hmm. to. I Agreed. Um, and, and they are cultivating in their own way a really neat way to look at art and to look at people and to look at for who they are and communities. And so that to me, uh, I try to surround myself with young minds um, and uh, that helped formulate maybe just as much, if not more, than my studies 
of what haciendas need to be, mm -hmm. and they really are geared towards, um, you know, younger younger generations. Not to say that you know uh, empty nesters wouldn't love them, mm -hmm. uh, but they really are geared towards folk that understand that diversity is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. It's a needed thing, and frankly, it's actually a powerful thing if we understand it better. That's what's really molded a lot of the Hacienda design. Um, I will say, listening uh, to Catherine, it's also been kind of neat, where you kind of just find out more about people when you work with them mm -hmm. on projects, and, and I, I found out her love for the blues, and to me, that was like <laughs> such a undertone go. of so many pieces of art that I've done over the years, and then and then even part of the haciendas. I, you know, I love Antones. I love mm -hmm. John Lee Hooker. I love all the classic blues musicians, and um, and just having some kind of poster or something of that. And so on a lark, I just sent something to Catherine and, and the brokers, and she quickly private texted me back. She said, "We got to talk." And <laughs> it was just really cool uh, bonding moment. You know, uh, something that I don't think by any accident talks about, you know, what the blues were about, you know. And, and I, so I think there's some really neat, deep things that come out of, and to Catherine's point, just always learning. Um, you know, just building buildings. There's so much that's going into this and your personal feelings and the stories that you're telling and the things that you're living and the things that we're living, like you just touched on. I mean, I think this diversity conversation is so powerful and exciting and it's an amazing opportunity for us all. And wow, that you're doing the Haciendas right now, it's, it kind of gives me chills thinking about it, right? That's pretty cool stuff. So a couple quick last things on the Hacienda-like developments. I know you said you have plans to do more of those. Are there any other, are we going to see more of this in Dallas? Like, is this going to be a trend with developers? Because I sure hope so. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure you've all seen sort of, um, you know, Dallas tends to, uh, once it, once it, figures out or, or feels that there's a you know a way to design a lot of people start doing it and, and that I'm I'm cool with that yeah. um, um, one thing I will say about Hacienda is that we thought about from a forecasting standpoint is, is we intentionally designed this with a modular system in mind that's not to say that these are built in a modular fashion they're far from that I can assure you from a, from a cost standpoint um, but uh, we went and spoke with modular builders and how they design things because we wanted to be able to create something that could still have the essence of the design that we're after, but sort of like Tinker Toys allow you to lay them out over larger and different layouts of properties. Yes. So if you look at our floor plans, you will see elements of where you just sort of kind of can keep adding on and adding on and adding on. And so I think that's what could come out of this um, because we're we are seeing a lot of interest uh, from the, from the capital markets uh, on the modular and prefab uh, systems. The problem is that there still seems to be some disconnect from a cost benefit. And so, how do you basically take the the some of the intrinsic benefits of a modular prefab system and implement them on a ground up you know stick on site product um, or, or process? And I think the Haciendas does that. Mm -hmm. So um, young designers that, we've talked about this, that want to um, maybe go on their own. You had some great tips. Like, What about designers who are on their own that want to get involved in development? What do you suggest for them? Like, Where do they start? I would say uh, get with a banker. 
get with get with somebody that understands the, the number side of things mm-hmm. um, and really understand what your cost structure is and which is your background I think which is, is what I studied yeah, yeah. That, was, that was my grad uh, focus but um, yeah so just really understand the numbers part of it and then always do what we what we lovingly call a SWOT analysis you know yeah. find out your strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats be honest about that and um, from there again if you if you've got if you've been diligent and you continue to be diligent as Catherine says about looking and seeing and studying, you know, different styles. I mean, the beauty of, of Instagram, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. what a powerful tool, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to see what architects in Brisbane are doing or mm-hmm. Madrid or, you know, wherever. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. Uh, Diversify your feed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you see that um, and, then, and then marry that with, uh, of course, with the, the first part of that, which is understanding the financial modeling. And then the third thing is get with good people. You know, if you've got a good team and you talk about the band together, it, it really is once you kind of get with some good group of people that, that aren't just good people, they're people you work well with. Exactly. Um, there's, some, uh, there's something powerful with that. There's definitely something to be said for that. Absolutely. It's, it's like the good vibes crew. <laughs> You're going to be there. We're going to yeah. have problems. You want to be able to all have the answers and figure it out and love working together be a good the team. Day. exactly and have the same end goal so there's no throwing somebody under the bus it's all very collaborative and positive and who I didn't know I, I was expected of doing this how soon do you need it what's the budget for that you know just ask the questions and just be honest or I'm so sorry I didn't know that was in my scope I've got it I'll do it <laughs> and so many like really talented creatives I always see just can juggle that so well though mm-hmm. I mean it, you have to I think sometimes you know we aren't equally creative and equally you know thinking like in a business mindset. So you almost have to hone one more than the other, but it's important. And you've shown that, Catherine, and like what you're doing for sure. I love to end on legacy. It's like, it sounds ambiguous and like a big concept, but I think that it allows like just a moment of reflection and a way to kind of end cap things. And, and so it, re, legacy can be a lot of things. And it's like, well, what's my legacy? My family or my, you know, but what's, what's the, le- so we don't need to like get into personal legacy, but what about legacy for Hacienda? Like this is, uh, this project feels like it's going to be around for a long time. And it feels like um, it has some legs to, to go some exciting places. So what's, what's the legacy of Haciendas? And how Oaxaca and you both play into that? I think that the, the impact on the communities that it inhabits. Yeah. Um, community impact. <laughs> community impact. I think that's a, big, that's a big piece of it. And sort of... I, I, the analogy I like to use is that in any type of creative field or any type of um, that, that, that then works with structures is you have essentially a trellis and if you don't have that trellis in place the rose will, the rose vine will grow out in the street and it'll get run over by a bus but if you have a trellis the rose can do some funky cool amazing things um, and will just blow you away, and you won't be able to predict it. But you have to have the the structure of the trellis in place, and I think that's what I like to imagine these haciendas being. They're 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 structures that allow the existing and new communities to kind of grow all over them. Mm-hmm. The communities that we that we like are communities um, just from a pure financial standpoint. Oftentimes have a history with them um, uh, 
having some tie to the industrial sector. Uh, they're often these industrial pockets that are close to downtowns, the urban core, and some of the larger industrial buildings are being revitalized through, into creative office or into experiential retail or whatever the case may be. Um, and so oftentimes in and around industrial buildings you do have neighborhoods that really you need to be sensitive to why they were there in the first mm -hmm. place. And so the legacy of these houses um, not displacing is, is important. Okay. There's a way to do it mm -hmm. and, and, to sh and the neighbors will see that it's respectful. Yeah. And I, I think that's a legacy I'd like to leave behind. And the third is it, it is family. Um, you know, I, I, I bring my kids out to job sites. I let them run around. I take pictures of them sitting on concrete posts on the ground. Having them on the job site just, uh, is, I think, is a neat thing. And whether they end up doing anything with it or not, uh, they see the power of hard work yes. and, um, and diligence and craftsmanship um, and attention to detail. And I think all of those can be tools for success in any endeavor. Agreed. It's so powerful to grow up with entrepreneurial parents. I had entrepreneurial parents myself, and it's, I didn't follow that family business, but it, it is a powerful tool, and your kids are going to definitely be surprised at things they take from it, I'm sure. It's, I, this has been really fun talking to you guys. We have a few rapid-fire fun questions. So okay. Coolest development, Catherine. Sylvan 30. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? Why did I ask this question? Okay, what do you have, Brett? Um, I I think I have to say the San Jose Hotel. Yes, that's I a, stayed there. I uh, said that was going to be a close second. I love that property so much. Oh my goodness! Um, stayed there years ago when mm -hmm. my first trips to Austin. Love it. Okay, I'm a cook. I always talk about cooking. So last dish you cooked, or maybe your best dish that you cook, your signature, or someone else's signature that you like to eat if you don't cook. How about that? <laughs> well, I think I just got someone who came on my gardening Instagram and sent me a recipe for this French melon chilled gazpacho that I'm wanting what? to try. They're growing these, I can't even remember what they're called now. I have to Google them every time, yeah. but it's a French cantaloupe. Cool. It's supposed to be sweeter and it's like the size of a softball. So. Will you share and the recipe? And it's got local honey, which we're beekeeping now. So. Oh, that's right. I didn't. Okay. So we're trying to use all of our stuff from the garden. So basically anything that comes from our garden. Gazpacho. Oh, that sounds perfect. I want that recipe. I know. It's like that's what I want for lunch now after yeah, this. <laughs> You're gonna have one of your elaborate dinner parties. I can totally, I will, I will I can share totally the recipe see it, Catherine. It yeah. Okay. What about you, Brent? Um, I, I I love. This was my last meal I cooked. Good old fashioned spaghetti and uh, tomato sauce. Um, the spaghetti. I think it's a, a Durham wheat. I think that's what's called. It's from Italy. Uh, you can buy it at uh, Chibo Divino, which is in Sylvan 30. And then at Chibo, they can their own tomato sauce. Love that place. So that's kind of my baseline. So I'm not making the sauce from scratch. However, I do go out to the garden and uh, I've, I've planted a little garden for my wife that's got oregano and basil. And um, so I'll chop them up and throw them in, and then I'll get some good old, you know, one or two garlic cloves and, uh, you know, and, and do that. But, yeah, that's... that's Spice it up a little. Just a little bit. And I, and I, I uh, love seeing a massive amount of pasta. It's like, it's, it, <laughs> it's can feeds, it can feed so many, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, so... There's something fabulous about it. Okay, so simple spaghetti and fancy melon honey gazpacho. 
like it. Last question. COVID's over. It's perfectly safe to travel anywhere. No mask. Where are you going? Prague. Oh, yeah. Back to Prague. Get back to That's Prague. where we got engaged, so. Perfect. I love it. Okay. See my father-in-law. Yeah, yeah, yes, you see, yeah. See your family. I love it. Well, where do, where do I want to go or where do I think we'll go? <laughs> where do you want to go? I'd love to go to Paris. I've never been to Paris. Perfect. Never been to Paris. And I'd just I'd love to go there. Um, I think we'll go to um, Tokyo. So um, that's on my bucket list. Yeah, yeah. We, we were supposed to go last summer, and things got hectic uh, with our two-year-old. So we, we put the kibosh and said, "Have two-year-olds?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, you guys, and thank you for coming, yeah, and for we want to encourage everyone to check out this project, and we wish you the best of luck, because it's going to be really good for Dallas, and we can't wait to see it grow, and keep us posted. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening, y'all. Let's keep the conversation going. If you have a story you would like for us to illuminate, please email hello at folioco.com. That's hello at p-h-o-l-i-o-c-o dot com. And be sure to subscribe to hear future episodes.